1: On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, do the Toronto Raptors have a good bench? It feels like it's been years since they had one, and it hasn't been a great start production-wise this year, but are there ways the bench can support this Raptors team in a way that lets them win a whole bunch of games? We'll get into that on today's show. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like because when I shot it, I expected to make it, so like I don't shoot kind of miss.
0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Tuesday, November the 7th. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that's really, really broken at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors and of course the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. It's free to join, and it is a great place to come and be among pals. It's a great Community, we got building around the show, talking about games as they're going on, all sorts of fake trade sickos in there, concocting all they can. Uh, plenty of talk about you know, movies and video games and all sorts of other stuff in there, too. Uh, would love to see you join our little family around the show. Uh, at the link in the description, as always, again, it's free to do. Uh, you can also find the show for free and subscribe, follow, rate, review, wherever you get your podcast and all the various audio podcast apps. And of course we are on YouTube. You can hit the big red subscribe button every single day and support The show that way it's much appreciated when you, uh, you know, have that little notification bell. So you never miss an episode. It's uh it's much appreciated. I guess you don't have to subscribe every single day. You just got to subscribe once. It's not an everyday thing. So, you know, that's less work for you. Uh, anyway, let's get to it on today's show. We're going to dig into the Raptors bench a little bit. It's an off day. We're chilling. And I think a lot of the focus so far this season, rightfully, has been on Scottie Barnes and OG Ananobi and the struggles of Pascal Siakam and the exploits of uh, Dennis Schroeder. A little bit of, you know, Jakob Pertle Doomerism mixed in here and there. Of course, he's had some good games recently as well to kind of turn the tide. But it's been a lot of focus on the starters, and with good reason, right? The Raptors starters are one of the better uh, heavily used five-man lineups in the NBA so far. Despite their offensive struggles in the half court, they're a defensive monster. They get it on the run like maniacs. They rebound extremely well. It's a good look, and so I think the Raptors have rightfully ridden that look quite a bit, but they're still tinkering and figuring things out when it comes to the second unit, and on today's show, we're going to kind of dig into um, the guys that I currently trust the most surprise like Malachi Flynn high in the hierarchy is that a good or a bad thing I don't know but we'll get into that Uh, we're also going to dig into whether or not there should be a change in the starters to sort of balance out the bench at all a question that came in from a listener we'll get to at the end but off the top I just want to kind of take the 10,000 foot view of what the bench has been doing so far this season and generally kind of detail why despite the lack of overall production. The Raptors are currently 27th in the league right now in bench points per game. If that's a stat you care about, Um, you know, that's not been awesome. They're not getting huge, you know, night saving games from the reserves, the starters, if they have a bad one, they don't really have much of a fallback, at least so far this year in terms of bench guys, who can kind of carry the day. Uh, But, you know, that's also kind of life in the NBA in 2023, where most teams are kind of top heavy and really good benches are more of a luxury than a recurring Trend around the nba either way you know despite the raptors not getting the bench production again just 25.4 bench points a game 27th in the league they're 28th in three-point accuracy off the bench despite being kind of up there in terms of volume 14th in attempts so at least they're getting them off um you know but the production's not been there you could say that's a bad thing and it's not amazing you'd like to see a little bit more from guys like grady dick and gary trent jr and jalen mcdaniels on down the line but overall I think I'm generally encouraged by how Darko Ryakovic is using his reserves. Uh, You know, a couple of situations here and there where I'm not such a huge fan, but for the most part, I think I've really liked that Darko Ryakovic's approach to the bench this season has not been so much like maybe we thought when he said, oh, there's going to be 10 guys in the rotation. You know, I think when you say that it invokes the bench mob from the Dwayne Casey days where it's five starters and then five bench guys who kind of run together. Maybe you sprinkle in one starter with four bench guys and stagger it that way. Uh, Of course, Kyle Lowry was incredible doing that for a very, very long time. The Raptors don't have a Kyle Lowry. Uh, And so I'm glad to see that most of the Raptors' bench minutes have come as Darko Ryakovich has tried to find these little duos and trios within the Raptors' best players to put them in positions to go and succeed. And, And I think... On this roster, that makes a lot of sense. This is not a roster deep in sort of self-creation off the bench guys who can kind of run an offense on their own. They are, however, loaded with guys who kind of want the ball and want their little pockets within games to go to work, whether it's Dennis Schroeder, who leads the team in touches, whether it's Scotty Barnes, who obviously has been leveling up to uh, just thrilling, thrilling degrees this season, and then Pascal Siakam, who so far has yet to find his pockets for the most part outside of a couple games here and there. That's still an ongoing process, but I think Darko is giving all of these guys, OG Ananobi included as well, opportunities within games to kind of cook with lineups that are more centered around them as opposed to being sort of loaded with guys who have to share the ball there's lots of mouths to feed at the top of this roster and i think the way Darko's deployed his groups has been a pretty good workaround for how to you know scheme around the just like the overlap the raptors have in a lot of their best lineups um Again, it kind of comes down to two groupings that Darko has leaned on here. And one grouping's numbers have been far more encouraging so far than the others. That said, I think both stand a chance of being pretty reliable duos and trios to kind of carry the Raptors through those transitional minutes and games. Uh, The first is Dennis Schroeder, Pascal Siakam, and Jakob Pertl groups. Um, You know, those so far... It's not been like a huge sample for any of this, by the way, just 62 total possessions for those three on the floor without Scotty or OG on the floor with them. Uh, and so far, not great. They're a minus 21.5 net rating in 62 possessions. They're scoring at 111.3 offensive rating. The defense is a total mess. Um, but I do think those looks have a chance of stabilizing here. And it's for a couple reasons. One. I don't think Grady Dick is a 24% three-point shooter. I don't think Gary Trent Jr is the like 32% three-point shooter he's been so far this year. Like both of those guys, the dam is going to break at some point and they're going to have that positive to re- re- regression to the mean that we love so so much. Um we're also seeing Otto Porter Jr. now has played 2 of the 7 games and you would figure unless it's a back to back he's going to be in there most nights because in the two games he's played, he's just been absolutely perfect and really helped tie together those lineups to kind of keep the thing flowing and the the sort of the train on the tracks throughout the game. And, you know, I think we're going to see Otto Porter junior, maybe kind of cut into Grady Dick's minutes. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I know I'm huge on Grady Dick. I want him to play a lot, um, but he's not hitting his shots right now. And a little competition never hurt anybody. You also have Jalen McDaniels who has been uh, like unfathomably bad to start the year. I don't think he's this bad. And I do think there'll be a bit of a course correction with him as well. So outside of auto, which, you know, he's shooting just fine. I think he's like 50% in two games so far from deep, you know, there is bound to be some sort of bounce back from Grady Dick, uh, Jalen McDaniels and uh, Gary Trent Jr. at some point here. And with that, I think working around Dennis Schroeder, Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pirtle, it can totally work. Like, do I wish that there was more room for Pascal to just kind of run the show on offense? Absolutely. Do I think there's maybe something to tap into with like a, a Pascal Scotty led duo where it's bench guys in between them. You know, you throw in Grady Dick, Otto Porter jr. Precious Achua, maybe Chris Boucher, you know, whoever, Uh, you know, you could just do Dick Trent and Otto Porter jr. Between Pascal and Scotty. And I think you'd be cooking with something pretty interesting there. I'd like to see a little bit more intention with Pascal getting some room to run. Cause like as much as this is clearly Scotty's team now, and it should be, you can't have a functional offense if everything flows through one guy. Like, you have to have multiple ways to go and beat teams and tapping into what we know Pascal Siakam does well, which is kind of be an on ball guy who can be heliocentric and create for you. Like, I think there should be room for that within the Raptors substitution patterns. And I think they can get to that. That said, I, I like the Dennis Siakam Pertle trio plus a couple shooters in theory. I think we saw the kind of best run for that type of lineup in that spurs game when Otto porter jr started to soak up some of those grady dick minutes um and again as gary Trent jr gets more comfortable which it seems like the last couple games he's settled in just a little bit um you would hope that things kind of come around for him too i think the numbers so far in small sample are not indicative of what that lineup's capable of what's really been blowing everybody away though is the og and scotty combo and man oh man uh, if this is something like that doesn't get you excited for whatever the future looks like, I mean, at this point, I feel like OG Ananobi is playing himself into all of the money the Raptors can give him. Um, how that affects everything else, we'll see, but I think of the certainties we've seen so far, uh, one of the best defenders alive who can make the lives of the very best offensive players in basketball miserable, who also shoots 42% from three and does all the stuff OG does as a play finisher, Really, really bloody good. Certainly worth the money, especially how he compares and sort of offsets and complements Scotty Barnes on the floor. Those two guys without Schroeder, Siakam, or Pertle on the floor, just with three bench guys playing with him, any three bench guys, uh, again, small sample, 70 possessions, but a plus 24.3 net rating with a 100 defensive rating, which would be the best defense in basketball. That's been a ton of fun. And I'm glad that we started to see the Scotty OG duo more. Because what I haven't liked is the Scotty plus four bench guys lineups. Just not doing it for me. It's kind of been a bummer. Um, and they just don't have enough pop, there's not enough support for Scotty out there, there's not enough size, frankly, when they roll out like the Flynn, Grady Dick, Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher, Precious Achua lineups. Like, there's just not a ton of size out there, and so I'm not a huge fan of those. But if you're gonna sprinkle an OG staggering him with Scotty in those lineups turns them into pretty pretty potent groups and so uh again we'll see how the production comes from the bench guys we'll get into the bench guys and sort of the levels of trust i have with them right now but i, I think the concept of this team isn't going to be built around a second unit that comes in and kind of slays it's going to be built around various combinations of our starters complemented by players whose skill set complements said starters I think that is uh, is kind of a good formula for Darko Ryakovich to have landed on. I think we'll see some results come around as well as guys kind of get some better shooting luck and stuff like that. We'll come back on the other side. We will get into uh, all the various bench guys and sort of the levels of trust I have with them and kind of settle on what right now, of course, subject to change after uh, you know one single game, one single half even, uh, the sort of top five I have as far as my my bench power rankings at the moment. I think this is going to be kind of a recurring thing throughout the year because I think the sort of ladder of bench dudes on this team is a pretty fascinating tale. We're going to get into that in just one second. Before we do that, however, I got to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in all the land. Go check them out right now because right now is a perfect time to score early this NFL season with FanDuel. Again, it's America's number one sportsbook for a reason. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 Moneyline bet that wins. That's it, $150 bucks if your team simply wins one $5 money line bet that is a great, great deal and a great way to go get started. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. You don't just got to be an NFL fan. I am not a football fan whatsoever. I couldn't tell you anything that's going on in the NFL right now, but I could tell you you can go and look through the lines for the various, uh, you know, Raptors games coming up. There's no games tonight, but, you know, Wednesday, for example, there's a whole slate of games, whether it's Raptors, whether it's anybody else, maybe you want to go take the over on Scotty Barnes points and ride the wave he's on. You can go and do that over at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we continue to hum along here on your Tuesday edition of Locked Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Thanks for being along. Uh, thanks to our everydayers, of course, for tuning into the show. And uh, just a reminder, Wednesday is going to be a mailbag podcast. If you want to get your mailbag questions into me and Katie Heindel, who will be on the show, I believe, on Wednesday, uh, get them in and do so via the Discord. The link is in the description. There's a mailbag channel in there. That is the only place I'm pulling mailbag questions for from any more these days. And so if you want your questions answered on the show, hop in the Discord, come be part of our little family over there and get your questions asked and answered on the podcast as well. Uh, All right, let's dive into the sort of levels of trust with the bench dudes and again you know this is not exactly a murderer's row of guys who i would lay on the tracks for <laughs> as far as like uh you know defending their honor as players i, I think they- there's a lot to be done in terms of bolstering this bench as far as internal growth as far as maybe supplemental additions down the line although i'm not sure this team's in a position just yet to go and spend future capital to go get say a backup point guard although would not be the worst thing in the world. And I think it would actually kind of help the development side of things as well. But that's just me. Um, let's just get into the guys I kind of trust the most right now. There's three guys. And look, it's uh, this is going to be subject to change throughout the season. If you talked to me a week ago, I would have said, Grady Dick is my most trusted guy of the bench. Of course, the rookie sort of thing has come for him over the last few games, which is fine. That happens. You know, rookies are going to rookie. They're also going to throw hilarious dart passes from one corner to the other for Scotty Barnes three late in games against the Spurs. That's fun, too. Um, I, uh, you know, I have a lot of hope for Grady Dick, although right now I don't think he's sort of one of the guys who I trust the most. The three guys I trust the most right now on the Raptors bench, Gary Trent Jr., who I think we're starting to see come out of it a little bit here. He's, you know, hit his couple threes in the last couple of games here. Um, You know, I don't think we're expecting a ton of him, ton from him as far as like, you know, supplemental box score production. You're just kind of looking for points and threes out of Gary Trent Jr. at this point and passable, capable defense, maybe the odd steal here and there. Um, But overall, if he's going to be a good player off the ball and knock down his threes, they found a couple of opportunities lately to get him to the rim, coming around pin downs, using the shooting gravity of, say, OG or, um, you know, someone else on the wing there's only one starter that has shooting gravity it's crazy uh, it's it's nuts um but yeah maybe you use og as sort of a screener you get gary coming downhill they've gotten him sort of bursting through the lane a couple times for dunks and layups in recent games it seems like they're kind of working in more packages for him that's great to see i i think you know he's a feast or famine type of player there's been a lot of bad gary trent jr in his time with the raptors there's also been a lot of very good gary trent jr in his time with the raptors he's got the gunner's spirit And when you have the Gunners spirit, you know, your, your spirits are never going to be too down because you think the next shot's going in. I think things are going to turn around here for Gary Trent Jr. To some degree, again, you know, the sort of bigger questions of, do you pay him in the off season? You know, I'm probably skewing towards maybe not paying him in the off season at this point, but for this team, this season. His three-point shooting is still incredibly valuable, super important, and it's been nice to see him kind of come back around these last couple of games. And even if he's not producing, teams actually care about him as a shooter, and that is something this team badly needs. Uh, Just guys who defenses are going to think about as threats, it opens up that extra little micro bit of space for a driving lane, and that is a good thing that Gary Trent Jr. is contributing while on the floor. Um, the other guy who I really trust right now, despite having played just two of the seven games is Otto Porter jr. Uh, I think when he plays, he's going to be just super rock solid, dependable. This dude was starting finals games, you know, 20 months ago, 18 months ago, whatever it was. And that's like, there's still a good player in there. The health obviously is going to be a thing. He's not going to play 75 games this year. He's probably going to play closer to 55 or 60 at most, but if he can get in there and be a regular piece he just does everything super super well that this team needs from its bench players to prop up those starter heavy transitional groups and he fits with everybody there's not a single raptors starter or key player that he does not fit perfectly alongside he doesn't there isn't a lineup that he's not going to amplify just with his presence out there good rebounder and a thing that's been really standing out really good screener the dude's just big and strong and thick and wide and can set really good screens Create that extra little window of space here and there for guys. I am super in on Otto Porter Jr. Knocking on wood that the health remains and he can keep on playing. You know, I'm again, I'm not expecting him to be a back-to-back guy, but that's fine. They have guys to backfill if if that's the case. The third guy I kind of trust right now at the bench is Malachi Flynn, and I know it's crazy. I'm like the least pro Malachi Flynn guy there ever was, and he's not like he's been amazing. His on-off numbers are uh, disastrous. They're like 17 points worse. 100 possession when he's on the floor it's not been great but he's had his moments here he's shooting 50 on a low volume of threes like that's not nothing all they need from him is just to take the threes that come to him and hopefully some of them fall at a pretty decent clip Um, you know, he's got a couple assists a game. He's been kind of diamond dudes up a little bit more often. He's kind of involved in the offense and not doing the thing where it just like swings to him. He takes one dribble, can't get an advantage on anybody and kicks it over to the next guy. Like there's actually a little bit of, okay, Flynn can kickstart this possession for the team now and kind of get things rolling, get the ball rolling as it were. That's nice. That's good. Do, do I think they could use a, an upgrade, a backup point guard? 1,000%. Do I trust that Malachi Flynn's going to have a like an iron grip on his rotation spot all season long? Absolutely not. But so far, among the bench guys, he has been kind of the third most trustworthy, which is crazy to say, But good for him. Like, again, I've been pretty skeptical on Flynn. I don't think he's going to be with the Raptors beyond this season, barring some sort of hilarious breakout as a wonderful backup point guard. But if he can give them meaningful minutes in the time he's on the floor and he's not being asked to do too much because he's, you know, sort of more of a shooting guard than a point guard in a lot of these groups playing next to either Dennis or or Scotty or whatever – there's something there. Um, so good on Malachi Flynn for making me trust him a little bit. Uh, the third most among a, a bunch of bench guys who are not exactly engendering tons of trust at the moment. The next tier of guys I have is Precious Achua and Chris Boucher. And it's hard, right? Because we can't really evaluate Achua all that much. He's played three games. We don't know what he's going to be back from the groin thing. Hopefully they don't rush him and they can just get him back and he can have a season not derailed by a long-term injury for you know the second season in a row. You know, I'd rather see Achua get those minutes than Boucher as sort of the backup five. Um, You know, I think we're seeing Scotty get some backup five as well. I think that's great. I think there's not really room for both Precious and Boucher to get regular run when they're fully healthy and operational. And so I I just think at this point, Chris Boucher, a nice player, I think he's still under contract with the team through next season, which is maybe not the best. Um, But like he is someone who does... Some stuff that you like. He's a nice cutter. He's a good offensive rebounder, runs the floor very well. I just don't think we need to see really any more of what Chris Boucher can do within this team. I think we kind of get it. And there will be times where he has to play due to injury or whatever. But all things being equal, if a and Boucher are healthy and they're kind of fighting for the same spot in the rotation, give me a 100 times out of 100 because there's actually stuff to learn about Precious this year. It could be that we learn that he's not really a guy for the future, but it also could be that we learn that he's kind of found a way to be more controlled on offense and have that sort of. Middling, even infinitesimal offensive impact to help make it so it's justifiable to have his defense on the floor. Um, so yeah, I, I think just Precious generally has more juice as well as like a, a backline rim protector, as someone who, uh, you know, again can kind of switch on to everybody. I actually even almost trust Precious's three point shot more than I trust Boucher's, which is maybe crazy, but um, you know, it looks better to me. I don't know. I, I'm I trust Boucher to be what Chris Boucher is. I just don't know if what Chris Boucher is is what this team is needing right now, I guess is kind of the way I'd put it. I've also been very disappointed in Boucher's box outs this year. I don't know, I'm getting like grouchy old coach man with it, but uh, like he's not boxing dudes out at all. He's getting kind of demolished when he's on the floor. Um, I'm not looking at the stats, so I can't back that up, but it feels like to the eye test, that the rebounding situation with Boucher out there has been kind of a mess. And he's been out there for a lot of those Scotty plus four bench lineups. And I'm not a huge fan of those at all. they not very good. They've been getting waxed. The next two guys in this sort of tier um, who I think right now, they're like struggling shooters, right? Grady Dick and Jalen McDaniels. I think Grady Dick, I trust a lot more right now to do positive things on the floor than Jalen McDaniels. Jalen looks a little bit kind of deer in headlights at times Uh, when he touches the ball. It's kind of an adventure. You know, he's made a couple of nice moves here and there, a couple of nice passes here and there for the most part. It's been pretty ineffectual. At least Grady Dick. Yeah, he's missing his threes. He's shooting 24%. It simply has to be better than that for him to be on the floor, but he's doing a lot as far as cutting, as far as injecting space into the lineups he's playing with making life easier, on the guys he's playing alongside and eventually the number of wide open threes he's getting for himself was just with the way he moves and walks into space and capitalizes on it. They're going to start to fall. And we saw it in that Sixers game. He goes four of six. It's kind of a game changer for the second unit. Uh, I'm still huge on Grady Dick. I just think he probably is going to be a little bit more sort of waxing and waning in terms of his role as Otto Porter jr. Gets more ingratiated in the lineups. And it just proves that he's the more effective player right now, which is not surprising. Like, Rookies are bad, right? As much as I love Grady Dick, no rookie is a good player really out of the gate. You know, they all have their deficiencies. Very rarely are they positive players, drivers of good, positive play. I think Grady Dick has a chance of doing that, you know, as the season progresses, just because of the way he plays team ball. But by no means do I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be some, you know, 20 minute a game contributor or anything like that. I think he should get plenty of run. But if he's going to miss his threes, I totally understand Darko kind of mixing things up and going with the more known commodity that is Otto Porter Jr. in those minutes when he's around. So like all told, that's kind of the tears of trust. You know, Achua Boucher are kind of, I'd still say a little bit ahead of Dick and McDaniels just because um, they have a bit more track record and tape and are just more established. and, And, you know, they kind of need at least one big coming off the bench um but overall I think there's plenty of room for improvement from basically everyone across the board outside of Otto Porter Junior so far in his very sparing minutes and uh I don't think the bench is going to be this low in like the production standings all season long you know again they're going to be suppressed a little bit just because they're not going to be playing super heavy minutes and they're not going to have you know long six minute pockets of games where it's only the bench out there and the bench is doing all the producing it's going to be the starters producing while the bench supports that's fine Um, I I think there's room for those lineups to get a little bit better, especially those Dennis Pascal and Yach ones. You know, I think some combination of Dick McDaniels, Trent and Porter, two of those four guys are going to figure heavily into those lineups to kind of make them work a little more effectively. And right now it looks like Porter might be one of the key cogs there. That's going to do it for the sort of tier of trust the inner trust circle of trust whatever we're calling it we'll come back and decide around it out with a mailbag question from one of our listeners in the discord regarding the starters and whether maybe there's a, a need for a change to help offset and support the bench we will get into that in just one second but first today's show is brought to you by jace Medical. Everyone should feel empowered to prepare and have them themselves and their family taken care of in the event of an emergency or the unexpected. And Jace Medical handles that by offering the Jace case, which is a personalized medication kit for emergencies that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. This can be especially helpful when you're traveling, I find. You know, you go traveling, you don't have access to your regular doctor. Maybe you're, you know, you're somewhere that you're remote, whatever it might be, you just put it in your bag. And the hope is you never have to use your Jace case. It just sits there unused forever. But it's good to have peace of mind that you have it there to use. And they have doctors who will talk you through how to use all this stuff safely and correctly as well, if and when the need Arises. Don't be caught unprepared. Again, Jace handles everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Go to JaceMedical.com and enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at JaceMedical, J-A-S-E-Medical.com.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: All right, we rounded out your final segment here on Lockdown Raptors for your Tuesday. Uh, just a heads up, we're getting the mailbag tomorrow with Katie. We'll talk about the Raptors Mavs game on Thursday with Jamar Hines. And then Friday, our pal Joe Wolfon's going to pop by just for a little check in. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess at the 110th mark of the season, eight games in, we will dig into our thoughts on the early going here. But, Let's get to this question here from Nacho Kitchen in the Discord. Again, if you want your questions answered on the show, the Discord's the only place to get that done. So join join it up. The link is in the description of the podcast. The question from Nacho Kitchen is, if Gary continues to struggle off the bench, is it a crazy idea to bench Yach and start Scotty at the 5 full time? Dennis, Gary, OG, Pascal, and Scotty starting. Don't see a world where any uh, anyone else in the bench starting unit gets benched. We need Dennis handling the ball and setting everybody else up. And there's no way anyone can entertain the idea of benching OG with just how bloody incredible he's been. With a straight face, Scotty obviously is a center, has looked phenomenal for stretches and all of that good stuff. So a good question here. Long-winded, and I had a hard time reading it off the ticker, but that's fine. Uh, It's not uh, not, that's on me not editing the question down. Not on you, Nacho Kitchen, for your very good question. Um, The question here... Look, I was a proponent in the preseason of starting Gary Trent Jr. over Dennis Schroeder. I think if you were going to lean into Pascal, sorry, Scotty being the guy on this team, then I thought that was a way to do it, you know, to kind of have the best environment around Scotty for Scotty to happen. As it turns out, Scotty's happening regardless. And so that argument kind of falls a little bit flat. Um, You know, the thing with... The, the, the starting lineup with Gary in there is just a little more space, right? There's obviously less ball handling. There's going to be less of that Dennis Schroeder kind of commanding things and running pick and roll. And I think, you know, there's obviously been a little bit of chemistry built with Yaka Hurdle. I still think the half-court offense has not been very good. And that is largely because of, I think, just the lack of shooting and maybe a little bit too much of the responsibility tilted towards Dennis when you have Pascal and Scotty out there. My other thinking there too was that's a way to kind of have both Scotty and Pascal get to work and kind of create and do the things that make them effective. Obviously they're not prioritizing that with Pascal right now. It might get layered in as the season goes along, but you know, that starting lineup with Gary and for Dennis doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. I still think it's weird. We haven't gotten a look at that lineup of Scotty, Gary, OG Pascal Yach at some point this year. I believe there are zero minutes played for that group, either in the preseason or in the regular season. So far, I wouldn't mind seeing it like, you know, just to know like if Dennis ever gets hurt, I would imagine that will become the starting lineup, for example. Um, it'd be nice to get a little bit of tape on it. It's just sort of like an in-between lineup, but they're not going with that. Obviously, they're kind of prioritizing their bench rotations in a different way, and that's fine. Um, but as far as this question, you know, kind of an off-the-board, kind of outside-the-box solution to the starters versus bench question, I don't think this really makes sense. Moving Yacht to the bench and starting gary trent jr in place i i think the while i really like the trio of scotty pascal and og as the 345 i think that's more of a sort of situational group where you're not going to want to have that be your sort of base defense because as much as scotty barnes is killing it blocking at the rim he's more been sort of the low man and sort of like the roaming four on defense and not the pure at the rim five who's like your last line of defense I think Yaka Purtle is just better at that. Yaka Purtle has you know, been pretty bloody good at forcing misses around the rim. Everyone else on this team has not been very good at forcing misses around the rim. And so I think you got to have Yaka out there. <laughs> I do think this lineup has a place, though. The smaller look with Dennis, Gary, OG, Pascal, and Scotty. Like, I think that could be a closing lineup at times. Again, more situational. I think, um, you know, there, there are room, there's going to be room in matchups where that's a lineup you want to throw out there to put a team on its back foot, stretch out the center, whatever it might be. But I do think with how big the league is these days and how essential the Raptors' defensive rebounding is to their success. I don't think you can bench Yach. I think his rebounding, his rim protection is too valuable to driving the best part of their offense, which is transition. He's obviously not finishing those transition plays, but a lot of the time the Raptors are getting on the run because Yachapertel's either forcing a miss at the rim or because he's there as a deterrent, forcing mid-range shots that they're grabbing and running off of. I think you lose that sort of core defense to offense switch that this team badly needs to have as part of its as, as part of its repertoire if Yach's not coming. Or uh, not, not Yak's not starting and playing, you know, close to 30 minutes at night. Like I think you need that in there. The Scotty at five stuff, huge proponent. I think it's a way to have both him and Pascal on the floor in spots where they succeed and are can be successful, run, pick, and roll with them together. Um, you know, obviously that's easier to switch, but you have shooting all around it, like there's plenty of opportunity there for those two guys to work as sort of a one-five situation, a very unorthodox one-five. Um, I'm down for that. But as far as changing up the starters, I mean, the starters have just been too good. There's no need to change it right now. They've been really, really good. I get the logic of, you know, Dennis coming off the bench because Dennis would be sort of a backbone to run the second unit and kind of dictate and set guys up and be there as a bit of a talisman for that group. I don't think Jakob Purtle playing with bench guys is getting that same effect as much as it pairs him with Malachi Flynn and has like a pick and roll dive man for Flynn to work with. That's nice in theory. I don't think that is the backbone of a successful second unit. You know, of the five starters, the only bench guy and really, the only guy I'd really sort of think about as a bench guy or someone who could bolster the bench or help balance out the starters versus bench thing is Dennis Schroeder. But the way that Darko's running on his bench right now And like we talked about at the top, those staggered groups of two and three starters playing with bench guys. I don't think you need necessarily one central figure to run your second unit. And so that has taken away the need for that sort of Dennis plus bench type look as well. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, I think the starters right now, why fix what ain't broke? The offense is not amazing, but the defense is so bloody good and is driving so much super high efficiency transition ball that I think you just rock with it for now. And if you need to change things up and go situational late in games, you're under no obligation to play Jakob Pertel in the last five minutes of a game if you think a different line is going to work for you. There were stretches in that Spurs game where they went with that three, four, five of OG Pascal Scotty and it was bloody effective. And so um, I, I think there's, uh, you know, I not too concerned, honestly, about how the starters and bench have been rolled out. And honestly, I thought I would be more concerned. I was not a huge proponent of that starting lineup. And we'll see if the offense holds up and maintains at least a, a reasonable passable level of effectiveness. But for now, my fix what ain't broke. It's all good. And there's still plenty of opportunities to find Scotty at the five minutes and pockets within games where he can go to work. That's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Nacho Kitchen for getting the question in. And if you want your questions answered on tomorrow's full mailbag podcast, again, join the discord the link is in the description would love to see you in there joining our little locked on raptors family you get priority for mailbag questions and all that good stuff so please jump in there would love to see your face or whatever uh weird photo you use as your uh icon what what do we call it the the profile picture whatever i'm old um mine's king cake baby for what it's worth if you want to jump on in there so Maybe that scares people away. Who's to say? It shouldn't. King Kick Baby is the best of us. Anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll be back again on Wednesday with the Mailbag with Katie Heindel. In the meantime, please subscribe, follow, rate, review, join the Discord, uh, go to YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. Appreciate all you do to support the show and keep this engine humming from your end. And we will talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.